Seltzer Kings Podcasts. Hey, are you into werewolves, mad sciences, and a little bit of witchcraft? Then stay tuned for an all-new episode of Watch Corner. We're riding this train straight into the sun. Woo! Tune in to a classic episode of Watts Corner on the Seltzer Kings Network. Available on all podcast platforms. Well, I don't care where you put it, Gavin. Just get it out of the studio. I mean, who sends a basket of edible arrangement with nothing but cantaloupe in it? Fucking fast, Eddie. Ass. The following podcast contains... Other trucker! That hurt like a butt cheek on a stick. Explicit language. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question. When you took the money from the NRA and then accused the kid of watched his friends die of being a George Soros agent, what the hell were you thinking? I'm your host Dave Bledsoe and this is a Friday, February 23rd, 2018. The kids are all right edition of the show where we talk about how the kids got to come in and fix all our shit. Stay tuned. The What the Hell Were You Thinking podcast is brought to you by Hypocrisy, a prescription strict antiperspirant for conservatives. Do you suffer from acute bouts of flop sweat when confronted by angry constituents? Do you experience uncomfortable sweating when standing in front of victims of your gun policy? Are you troubled by sudden and excessive perspiration when dragged on television in front of millions to be owned by a teenager? Hypocrisy, our patented formula, keeps you dry in the most trying situations. No matter how much blood money is on your hands that you've taken from the NRA, Hypocrisy keeps you feeling fresh under the most withering embarrassment. Hypocrisy. We can't get the blood off your hands, but we can keep the pit stains off your Oxford. Japan. Japan has never had a mass shooting. And yet here we are, with websites dedicated to reporting these tragedies so that they can be formulated into statistics at your convenience. I watched an interview this morning and noticed that one of the questions was, do you think your children will have to go through other school shooter drills? And our response is that our neighbors will not have to go through other school shooter drills when we have had our say with the government. And maybe the adults have gotten used to saying, it is what it is, but it us students have learned anything, it's that if you don't study, you will fail. And in this case, if you actively do nothing, people continually end up dead. So it's time to start doing something. We, we are going to be the kids that you read about in textbooks. Not because we are going to be another statistic about mass shootings in America, but because, just as David said, we are going to be the last mass shooting. A lot of old folks like to complain that kids today have it so easy. They love to point out how tough it was when they were growing up. Right. I had to get up in the morning at 10 o'clock at night, half an hour before I went to bed. Eat a lump of cold poison, work 29 hours a day down mill and pay mill on it for permission to come to work. And when we got home, our dad would kill us and dance about in our grave singing hallelujah. Now, I heard these stories growing up, uphill both ways in the snow, blah, 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 and in fairness, 
My mom in particular grew up in a ramshackle house with one-room schoolhouses in the back ass of nowhere, and she did actually have to walk uphill both ways in the snow. So I let that shit slide. But you know, these days, a lot of people I hear this coming from are my age. And I gotta be honest with you, my generation, Generation X, our childhoods were pretty fucking great. We had electricity, air conditioning, cable television, and the best goddamn toys nature ever created. So when I hear some 40-something bitching about kids today, I gotta call bullshit on that. Do you not want to know what the average, and I mean average, I mean there were better lives out there, there were worse, but I can think that I personally could speak to the average day was like for kids in the 70s and 80s. We got out of bed, we ate a good breakfast, we went to school, we learned some shit, we played at recess, we went home, watched cartoons, ate snacks, played outside till dark, ate dinner, came home, brushed our teeth, went back to bed, got up and did it again. You want to tell me where the fucking hardship is in that story? Oh, I didn't get the G.I. Joe USS Ranger like Billy did, so my life was terrible. Go fuck yourself. By the time I was in school in the 70s, we weren't even doing that duck and cover bullshit because they're like, yeah, if that nukes fall, you'll just die. It's no big deal. Our lives were pretty fucking sweet because you know what we didn't ever have to do? We never had to practice hiding in a fucking closet because some bug shit whack job with a semi-auto decided today was the day he had to have payback on Jenny Mulligan for not going to the prom with him. I wanted you to love me. I think the problem is with my generation is we didn't really suffer any big adversity. Uh, we got kind of apathetic. I mean, boomers, as fucked up and awful as they are, they had legit shit to deal with. The Civil Rights Movement, the Vietnam War, and kids today, I mean, they grew up in the shadow of 9-11. But us Gen X kids, we were going up thinking, yeah, man, we're going to fix all the shit that is wrong with the world. And then when we finally got old enough to do something, we just found out, man, they're like, ah, fine, it's all good. You guys go d do something. We don't care. The Cold War was ended. So nuclear disarmament, I mean, yeah, we still all had nukes, but they're just sitting to the ground. They weren't even pointed at anyone anymore. War? We could end war. We had one war. It was over in 100 hours. Apartheid. We were going to fight apartheid. Apartheid ended. Europe. Europe was falling apart. The European Union, they're all come together. The economy's falling apart. No, the economy's humming along. Presidential politics. Bill Clinton. Who, yeah, all right. Bill had some problems, but you know what? Things are going pretty well, so we didn't so much worry about it. Our prime fixing shit years, we found ourselves with shit already fixed. So we just had to busy ourselves finding things to do, like, you know, destroying the music industry and uploading porn onto the internet. You're welcome! You're welcome! I'm not trying to bash my generation, just pointing out that as we age into a certain age, we're not attuned to the problems of young people, and we're getting old enough that we're starting to feel a certain resentment towards those younger than we are. And, and it's, it's natural. It's perfectly natural. I mean, it happened to us when we were kids. The greatest generation of the boomers, they called us apathetic slackers. Then we and the boomers called them millennials, self-entitled little snowflakes. Now the boomers, Gen X, and old millennials are lining up to shit on Gen Z. That's how we do. And all of this would be fine. It's just the passing of a generational torch, except for, you know, one tiny little thing. The world is falling apart. And someone's got to fix that shit. And uh, I, I want to be delicate about this, but it can't be us because, you know, we're going to be dead. 
So the kids today that are in junior high and high school, they're going to be stuck on an overheated ball of shit circling the sun while the oceans consume all the cities that they might actually want to live in. And I'm going to be honest, for a good long while, I've not been optimistic because if these times call for persons of courage, integrity, and self-sacrifice, and trust me, they do, the uh, the young people coming forward were not uh, were not the best and brightest that uh, their generation seems to uh, have to offer. I've made a severe and continuous lapse in my judgment, and I don't expect to be forgiven. I'm simply here to apologize. So what we came across that day in the woods was obviously unplanned. And the reactions you saw on tape were raw, they were unfiltered. Uh, none of us knew how to react or how to feel. I should have never posted the video. I should have put the cameras down and stopped recording what we were going through. There's a lot of things I should have done differently, but I didn't. Who let Logan Paul become any kind of famous, even YouTube? I mean, it appeared to this aging and increasingly bitter Gen X slacker that the worst opinions of other aging and increasingly bitter people might be correct when they said that the kids today are just really just the worst screen addicted, social media obsessed products of reality television whose only real motivation is getting downloads for whatever narcissistic vanity product they desperately put on the internet for other people to click like. Awesome, like, like podcasts and stuff. Very funny, Gavin. Very funny. You've been begging for six months to host your own goddamn show. But this week, damned if I haven't seen something that just, I don't know, it, it kind of gave me hope. Because out of the tragedy, out of the blood and the grief, a group of kids has stepped up to do something that we haven't seen before. They got angry and decided to do something. watched a bunch of high school kids pin the slimy worm body of Marco Rubio down like a mad vivisectionist pins a shrieking victim to his lab table in a slasher flick. It was fucking amazing. My god, they made him look like a squirmy little bitch. Between eviscerating Rubio and that soulless NRH ghoul Dana Loesch, I was afraid I was going to need to call medical help for an erection longer than lasting longer than four hours. These kids are demanding answers, and they are fucking furious, and they, after two decades of this shit happening, they apparently are going to be the ones that have to fucking deal with it. I don't understand. I turned 18 the day after. Woke up to the news that my best friend was gone. And I don't understand why I could still go in a store and buy a weapon of war. An AR. I was reading today that a person 20 years old walked into a store and bought an AR-15 in five minutes with an expired ID. How is it that easy to buy this type of weapon? How do we not stop this after Columbine, after Sandy Hook? I'm sitting with a mother that lost her son. It's still happening. Do not get me wrong. 
People have been demanding answers and been furious. They have to deal with this since way before Columbine. But these kids have kept appearing on CNN in the 48-hour bubble that follows the latest mass murder, and then they kept asking questions, and they're forcing those in power to hear them and reckon with them. They are organizing, they have a plan, and they are saying to the apathy and helplessness that has always set in after one of these fucking mass shootings, and then nothing changes. Not again. The line must be drawn here. This far, no farther. The survivors of Parkland are coalescing around one another to effect change on a national scale. And this is in a way other shooting survivors and victims just haven't before. And I'm not trying to shame their predecessors in our national tragedy. Though there's only a few years apart between Newtown and Parkland, they are worlds apart. And honestly, hashtag activism before this was frankly a joke until recently. But the hashtag never again movement seems to be a different beast. These kids grew up digital. They understand how the gears of social media turn and how to position themselves to affect change. They are, quite frankly, dangerous to the status quo. And the status quo fucking knows it. The right is scrambling to find cover because right now they're facing something they were not prepared for. Bright, articulate, passionate, and pissed off victims they cannot silence or dismiss out of hand. What they are left with is only two arguments. Being the right, these two arguments break into mutually supporting camps, the sane and the insane. Let's talk about the sane arguments first, which are bad arguments, but at least they're predicated on what most people call reality. Writing in National Review, Michelle Malkin a vacuous waste of oxygen and a ridiculous shill for any right-wing issue that turns a buck, wrote on why teenagers are not moral compasses. She said, quote, Pubescents are fueled by hormones and dopamine and pizza and sonic shakes. They're fickle and fragile and fierce and forgetful. They hate you. They love you. They need you. They ignore you. They know everything. They know nothing. All in the span of 10 seconds. I know this. I have two of them. If you're lucky, they've only Googled should I eat Tide Pods or what happened if I snort ramen powder, but not actually attempted the latest social media stunt challenges because that's what kids do because they're kids. Really, Michelle? You are going to fucking compare the victims of a mass shooting to fucking kids who don't actually eat Tide Pods. And keep in mind, Crazy Eyes Malkin, I'm using as a sane case. Here's another sane case. This is from uh, Ben Shapiro, in the Na also writing in the National Review. Quote, children and teenagers are not fully rational actors. They're not capable of exercising supreme responsibilities. And we shouldn't be treating innocence as a political asset used to push the agenda of a more sophisticated player. Oh my fucking God. Really? Fucking Ben Shapiro? You're fucking claiming that these kids, again, who just watched 17 of their fucking classmates be gunned down by a guy with an AR-15, that they're being manipulated from the outside? I think the manipulation from the outside came in the fucking form of the guy with a fucking gun that walked into their school that you have fucking made possible by your constant fucking refusal to even think about limiting the fucking gun that he walked in with. Fuck, shit. Oh, this is also coming from a group that loved Charlie Kirk, 
who started Turning Points USA when he was 18, and that organization recently staged a protest where they dressed in adult diapers to protest safe spaces on campuses. So, you know, hey, maybe if you're just looking at conservatives and teens and you're just judging them on conservative teens, and keep in mind, Ben fucking Shapiro, you started these fucking arguments against these kids. You started as a conservative pundit when you were fucking 18. Does anyone want to guess who and what the insane theories are? You notice they now say they don't know what happened. We were all conspiracy theorists for questioning it, for talking about it, for going over it. Uh, but now, now, Roger, it's all out in the open. That's right. Conspiracy theorist and fucking nutjob Alex Jones, who I've recently learned today is one strike away from being banned from YouTube, a major source of his revenue. Let's look at some other crazy theories, Charlie. Show them what we've won. Let's follow this crazy train and see where it goes. On 218, former GOP Congressman Jack Kingston tweeted, Oh, really? Students are planning a nationwide rally? Not left-wing gun control advocates using 17-year-old kids in the wake of a horrible tragedy. Hashtag Soros. Hashtag Resistance. Hashtag Antifa. Hashtag DNC. On the 19th, Gateway Pundit, the pro-Trump blog uploads a YouTube video titled David Hogg can't remember his lines when interviewed for Florida school shooting. Again, from the shitpag rag Gateway Pundit, quote, School shooting survivor turned activist David Hogg's father in FBI appears to be coached on anti-Trump lines. Student school massacre survivors and CBS reporter party like it's rock stars. Oh, and then human-shaped colon tumor Laura Loomer tweeted, Look at their eyes move. It's obvious these kids are reading screen notes or notes someone else wrote for them. Notice how the media is only talking to the same group of students. They aren't talking to pro-gun ROTC students who actually save lives. Hogg is a crisis actor posting YouTube videos that purport to show him acting. None other than a larger adult son number one Don Jr. was liking these tweets like a monkey masturbating in a zoo. And so the crazy goes. But hands down, my favorite theory of the bunch was the one that actually says that David Hogg, the crisis actor, is who is also the son of a retired FBI agent, is actually a pawn of the deep state pushing their agenda as part of the way to topple their carrot-hued dirtbag president. These fucking people are goddamn dysfunctional. And I haven't even touched fucking Dinesh de fucking dickbag Sousa, who's been attacking the victims of school shootings on Twitter like he was a, I don't know, the grade school bully he actually is. But you know what? You know what? Forget all this Twitter shit because, honest to God, these kids, they are owning their conservative opponents. They're so much better at it. Let me just, uh, let me just quote from uh, Sarah Chadwick one of the student activists from out of Parkland, when she tweeted today, we should change the names of AR-15s to Marco Rubio because they are so easy to buy. <laughs> she said in a later treat, to, to add on to this, I, I just read that uh, Marco Rubio is just uh, three eight-year-olds in a trench coat. <laughs> buy me a drink. Uh, okay. What's your name? Stud. Vincent. Um, adult man. Vincent adult man. 
bad. But the hands down winner in this is from Cameron Kasky when he was asked by CNN's Wolf Blitzer what he would say to conspiracy theorists making allegations against him. Kasky replied, well, if you'd see me in our school's production of Fiddler on the Roof, you would know that nobody would pay me to act for anything. <laughs> Love these kids. Calling out victims for being fakes is an old play by the shit-for-brain side of the conservative movement, and it never works well for them. But, you know, they keep doing it because conservative shit-for-brains are, uh... They are so stupid. And it really is the best argument to have. The sane arguments aren't working much better for them since the kids aren't making any policy demands. They're only demanding that we come up with a policy that does something. They're not even the arguments that they're too young to make laws don't work. If Hogg or Gonzalez represented us with a bill to debate, maybe you could argue that they're youth and inexperienced. But honest to God, I wouldn't want to. Not with these kids. So maybe, maybe they could say that. But after all, this is a group of people that elected a fucking dim-witted reality show real estate mogul with absolutely zero experience in policy and a demonstrated inability to learn anything as president. Do you really want to fucking argue that a lack of experience immaturity bars you from speaking on anything political? God, I hope so. Because we could clear a bunch of fucking whack-job Republicans, politicians right out of office, start with our orange messiah make no mistake the gun lobby is scared of these kids and they are freaking the fuck out as i wrote the scripts for this week's show want lane lapierre is on stage at cpac screaming about socialism because they know that shit is gonna change don't get me wrong here. Shit's not going to be easy or quick, and Parkland will not be the last shooting or the last school shooting. It's great hashtags, but hashtags don't accomplish miracles. The 300 million guns in this country, and they're not going to disappear overnight. But these kids are beginning on a movement. They are the inflection point, as the buzz played players, buzzword players like to say, the point where things begin to tip. These kids are going to inspire other kids and adults to think that maybe things don't have to stay the way they are. Maybe we don't have to accept the National Onion headline. Maybe this shit could be fixed. Nor are these kids. I can't even really call them kids. They're more together than I am, and I'm 40-something years old. These young people, they're not saying they're going to fix it overnight. They're saying they're committed to making the change. They will march, they will organize, they will speak, and they will not stop until they achieve real, meaningful change. They refuse to accept the status quo and refuse to be told that they must accept the status quo. Dahlia Willithwick wrote in Slate this week four things that we can take away from the Parkland young persons. And the, article, the whole article is great, but the takeaway goes thus, quote, Conservatives prefer their victims silent and passive. Unless you're calling for more cops, more guns, more walls, more prisons, more punishment, you are a nuisance to be derided and denied. And that's the beauty of the Parkland kids. They don't care. We scoff that theirs is a generation raised on reality shows, Instagram, and YouTube. But they are more aware of what is real and what is fake than the adults around them. Far from acting or ritualized performance, these students have veered so far from any received post-tragedy script that one week after the shooting, they are still dominating the news cycle. This is what being awake and alive and human and compassionate actually looks like. Fucking A, Dahlia. Preach it, sister. And these young people are following a long tradition of changing the fucking world because the olds fucked it up. 
from the students at Morton High in Virginia, the kids who started the Montgomery boys, bus boycott before Rosa ever think about setting down, the Chicano school walkouts in 68, the children's campaign for nuclear disarmament, and hundreds of other activists who weren't old enough to vote. They took the initiative to force change when the change would not come fast enough and took control of their lives to act rather than waiting for action to be taken. You don't change the fucking world by sitting on your ass. You don't change the world by being passive. And these kids, they are going to change the world, y'all. They are forging the path for those who follow on a host of issues that will impact their lives. Not just guns, but climate change, money and politics, immigration reform, and a slew of other progressive causes. Not because the causes are avant-garde and cool and shiny, but because the causes are relevant to their future. Their future that we adults have treated like a piggy bank that we can raid whenever we need a little extra change. They can't vote yet, but they will be able to soon. And I think you can safely assume they will not be voting voting the conservative agenda. I've said it before and I'll say it again. The GOP has squandered their future on one last throw of the dice on Donald Trump. And just like Gavin trying to keep his cleric alive after I fireballed his ass, the GOP just fumbled on a fucking one. The young people are watching. They're waiting. And they will... What is it, the phrase that's going around? They will, uh... Oh, yeah. They will make America great again. That is it for our show this week. We are getting ready here at the studio for our big 150 next week, where we celebrate three years of one shitty low-rated podcast. We've got some really special things in store for y'all. I don't want to give a spoiler on you, but uh, if you think we're really, we're really going to appreciate what we have in mind once we... Uh, have something in mind for what the fuck we're going to do. I mean, it is isn't really three years with something we started in April, but Fast Eddie says round it off, round it off the entire network and go under by April. So, you know, uh, we got to be flexible. Speaking of flexible, if you could see a way to flex your moral compass enough to go ahead and uh, give us a uh, five-star rate and review wherever you listen, it would... Uh, it would help us still be around come next week. Uh, we'll see about April because it helps others find this show that so they can experience the sort of general malaise that comes with uh, hearing my voice. If you're big fans of Ennui, check out the show's Twitter at the Hell underscore podcast or the show name on Facebook. All of the shows are on the SoundCloud at the show name and, of course, at www.whatthehellpodcast.com. So uh, for me, your student body president, Dave Bledsoe, uh, producer class treasurer because that's all anybody would vote from uh, Gavin and all the other fictional freshmen on this show we want to say that uh, we don't mind other guys dancing with our girl but if they could just uh, stop shooting up the school that would be great yeah okay we'll see you all next week
Seltzer Kings. Podcasts.